Proverbs 23:23. Buy the truth and sell it not. Buy the truth and sell it not. But that's not all you're buying. Read the rest of the scripture. He said also, you need to buy wisdom. You need to buy instruction. And you need to buy understanding. And those are all important. Because without wisdom and instruction and understanding, you'll never come to the fullness of truth. A lot of people like wisdom. And they like understanding, but they don't like instruction. And you can't get truth without instruction. Today I want to give honor where honor is due to every man of God that has ever preached and instructed me in my life today. I'm thankful for a preacher that has preached to me. Amen. Turn to somebody close to you today and tell them, buy the truth and sell it not. I want truth today. Now here's what I'm going to preach to you. I don't know how this is going to end up, but I woke up so heavy with this in my heart today. I woke up so heavy with this on my heart. I don't know how this is going to end up, but I believe God's going to minister to somebody. When I woke up this morning, I, I had my mind made up that I was coming to this church to preach this to you. And so here's what I'm going to preach. I want to, I want to buy the truth. But this is what I want to preach to you. I'm not buying what the world is selling. I'm not buying what the world is selling. You may be seated in Jesus' matchless name. Praise God. Now, I need you all to just hang with me for a few minutes, if you would. I'm going to take a little bit of time here and lay some foundation. This is going to be a little different than typically I would preach on a Sunday morning, but I feel so led of the Holy Ghost today to walk down the path that we're getting ready to walk down. I realize in this present world that we live in right now that truth is a precious commodity. Amen. I say that with all sincerity. It's hard to find truth. You turn on one news outlet, they say this is truth. You turn on another outlet, they say this is truth. And somewhere in the middle of it all, there may be a little bit of truth. But usually the spirit of the age is so conflicting because what it does is it takes just a tiny bit of the truth, conflates it, twists it, makes it what they want it, and then they tell you that's truth. But what it is, it's their version of truth. This world is so confused. There is so much confusion in this world. And I want, to, I want to tell you why. It's because of the consistent diet that this world eats. I was reading uh, this week an article that was uh, written by uh, the name is Leif Lemehu. I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever read an article by this person before. It was posted through uh, a third-party news outlet, and I was just reading over the article. Now, this time of year is amazing. This is probably one of my favorite times of the whole year. Uh, we start eating at Thanksgiving, and we eat through December the 31st, and we have special things that, that we eat, you know. But we, My mom has certain things she makes, Sister Bingham. Uh, it doesn't cook as much as she used to, but anytime I can, I twist her arm and get her to make me something. And uh, th this season is amazing. I thank God for the holiday season, for being with family, for being with our church family. I love Christmas. But I, I got to tell you, if you know me at all, you know it breaks my heart when I see how perverted Christmas has become. 
It's sad. It's really sad that people will literally go into debt at Christmas so their kids can have the, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, and, and we as a body of Christ, uh, this, I, know, I know what I risk right here. Somebody's going to get upset. But we don't, we don't have to teach our kids Santa Claus to have Christmas. Come on now. So, somebody needs to wake up and realize the spirit of this age is to pervert the things of God. And the enemy doesn't, he doesn't care how he does it. But you just hear me when I tell you today, my, my home does not have to have Santa Claus involved in this time of year. Amen. We don't. And I want to tell you that if that, if Santa Claus did not pervert Christmas enough through the years, I want to tell you now that's not selling enough. So uh, this article is an ad for the postal service in Norway. This is what the article's about. Was an ad is a four-minute video ad for the postal service in Norway. And this is the headline. So it's going to take me a minute to read it to you. Uh, this is the headline. Goodbye, Mrs. Claus. The Norway Postal Company makes Santa gay in new ad. Yeah. The original Santa wasn't enough, so, so now this, this is what they're doing. The new ad for the Postal Service in Norway portrays a story of a man falling in love with Santa over the years and ends with them kissing to celebrate the decriminalization of homosexuality in Norway. The nearly four-minute-long ad entitled, and I quote, When Harry Met Santa begins with a shirtless man wandering downstairs and discovering Santa dropping off gifts just before vanishing up the chimney. Throughout the ad, it is apparent that the two have become friends and they are seen sharing cups of tea, talking, and even feeding each other chocolate. At one point, the man writes a letter to Santa saying, and again I quote, All I want for Christmas is you. At another junction, Harry falls asleep on his couch and wakes up to Santa fondly looking at him and saying, You're snoring. Before looking uh, at him again and saying, I'll be back again next year. The two fashion Christmas ornaments for each other. Apparently, the two are only able to meet up briefly once a year as Santa makes his toy run leading Harry to become increasingly sad and lonely. Now, I'm just reading you the article. At the end, a postal worker knocks on Harry's door and drops off mail and wishes him a Merry Christmas. He walks back inside and finds Santa standing there in his living room and he says, well, I quote, I arranged some help this year so I can be with you. Then taking a new twist on the old song, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Harry and Santa proceed to kiss multiple times before zooming out to the words. In 2022, Norway marks 50 years of being able to love whoever we want. And that's all I'll read. Can I tell y'all today, I'm not buying. 
I'm, I, I'm not buying what this world's selling. I'm not, I, I, I'm not buying what this world is selling. I'm not foolish enough to believe and buy into the, to the historical accounts that Jesus Christ was born on December 25th. I, I, there's no, there is no way that they've ever been able to prove that that's when Jesus was born. But here's what I do know. We redeem this time of the year as children of God to let the world know we don't care if it was December 25th or January 3rd or October 20th. It don't matter. What I'm glad about today is that he came. And he came to seek and save that which was lost. And he came to redeem the broken and the weary. He came to heal the bruised. He came to set at liberty the captive. I'm glad he came. But I'm not going to let this present world pervert what ought to be the purest thing that we have ever known. And that is the love of an almighty God who robed himself in flesh. Are you hear what I'm telling you today? God did not send somebody else to do a job that he was not willing to do. God robed himself in flesh. Colossians 2 and 9 tells us, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. He laid down his life for us. Why does it matter, Pastor? Because if he wouldn't have came, he couldn't have died. If he couldn't have died, he couldn't have been buried. If he was not buried, he would not have been resurrected. But you and I don't live on the crucifix side of Calvary today. We live on the side of Calvary where the Lord Jesus Christ has been resurrected from the grave. I'm telling you today, I've been to the tomb where they claim that his body was laid. And his body is not there. He is a resurrected Savior. Jordan did such a superb job today mentioning the fact in Bible class that wherever there is an authentic, there will always be a counterfeit. If you read historical accounts of religion and and history, you find it was not an unusual thing for people to be willing to die for their quote-unquote religion. It was not an odd thing really in, in historical accounts for someone to lay down their life for certain things that dealt with their religious beliefs. But I can tell you this. There has never been another that laid down his life for his friends. But on the third day, when they went back to get his body, he had risen from the grave with all power in his hands. And I'm glad to tell you this morning that the world would love to take away the power of the resurrection. But I'm not buying what the world is selling. I'm not buying it. I... I, I I, I was listening this week to uh, to a podcast, and I wish so bad I could remember the guy's name. I failed to write it down, but this man is an author. He was being interviewed by a guy who was saying what an impact this the, the first book that the gentleman wrote uh, had made in his life. And the story was so amazing to me. It, it just caught me. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting to hear that kind of a story on this podcast that I was listening to, but the man... He wrote a book, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the book is called The Case for Jesus Christ. I believe. And uh, the man was saying that he was, a, uh, he was an atheist. 
he wanted nothing to do with God, did not believe anything about God, and he said that uh, these people, you know, were so stupid. He always just believed these people were so stupid for believing in something that could not exist and how dumb they were, and so he sets out to write this book. I've never personally read the book. I just heard his testimony, and he said that he started out to write this book to disprove the resurrection, to disprove Christianity, to disprove the power of of God working in the flesh, in the earth. And he said, what ended up happening is that I started researching to disprove all these idiots. And he said, the more that I studied and the more I searched, the more I found out this is not at all about some kind of a fake doctrine. He said, this is about the most fabulous love story that you've ever heard in your life. That deity would be willing to put on humanity in order to redeem humanity. Can I tell you today that the world would love to sell you a picture of a godless universe. That all of this just happened and two great big rocks collided and it was a spark that happened. But I want to know today who created the rocks that collided. Hey, I've seen the wonders of his hands. I've seen the Grand Canyons. I've seen several of the wonders of the world. But I've never seen a wonder like a sinner walking down the aisle and lifting up their hands and repenting of their sins and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is no wonder like the wonder of who he is. I am not buying what the world is selling. I know this may make some folks uncomfortable. But you hear me when I tell you today. I will never buy for my children the message that this world is portraying. That you have a right. I, I read this morning. Just this morning I read that there is a woman now in the middle of a lawsuit. She has sued her birth mother for several million dollars because she should have never been born. I'm, I'm being honest before God. I read it this morning. It is actively in a lawsuit right now, headed to litigation. She said, you should have never had me, so I'm suing you. Welcome to America. Listen. Listen, we're, we're in, a, we're in a, a messed up time in this world. When you are absolutely the worst kind of human being and you won't let your nine-year-old little girl mutilate her genitals and have a sex change surgery and start sex change therapies at nine years old. Do you know why we would celebrate, and I don't mean we as in the body of Christ, I mean why anybody would celebrate you have the, the liberty to love who you want to love. You want to know why? It's because we don't understand love. What they're really saying is you have the right to lust after whatever you want to lust after. And if your perversion has taken you so far that natural affection is no longer pleasing to you, then you can be turned over to vile affection and do whatever you want to do with whoever you want to do it with. But understand me today, our children deserve better, and I'm not buying what the world is selling. God have mercy. 
I, I told you this is going to be different on Sunday morning. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a million miles off, but I'm just telling you right now. I think if we got boys, if we got sons, I think by the time they're old enough to pick one up, we ought to put a weight in their hands. Take them to a gym, put a fishing pole in their hands. I think we, I think we ought to make them put a little deer blood on their cheek the first time they kill a deer. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I, I'm not a fan of that. It's gross. But my, what, are you, what are you saying, Pastor? Look, look. What I'm saying to you is we can stand back and criticize what this world's doing. But I'm fixing to give you a blue light special, red light alert. Are you ready? The world has always been perverted. It's not new. God's issue is not the perversion that's in the world. You don't believe me? Go read the story about Abraham's nephew. His name was Lot. Now, this is probably contrary to a lot of popular theological opinions. But if you read it in context, the truth is, Abraham let Lot choose. That means that if Lot would have chosen where Abraham was living, that Abraham actually would have ended up in the well-watered plains and been towards, Lot, uh, towards Sodom and Gomorrah. That's true. It was a choice that Lot made. So in other words, the atmosphere should not define the man. But the man defined his atmosphere. And so when the Lord says to Abraham that he's going to destroy Sodom, he begins to pray a prayer and he said, Lord, if I could find 50 righteous people. How many of you have read it? He said, if we could find 50 righteous people, would you spare the city for 50 righteous? He said, yeah. What about 20? What about 10? What about 5? The city was not destroyed just because of the wickedness of the city. The city was destroyed because the righteous refused to stand up for righteousness. The Lord is not looking for a world that has no perversion in it. He created the world. He knows that the hearts of men are wicked. He knows that the heart is above all wicked. But he's looking for somebody that will buy the truth and sell it not. And let this world know, I may be in the world, but I am not of this world. And I am not buying what the world is selling. This is the part that I really want to get in your spirit today. You need to know this. You need to know that when you start buying what the world is selling, the price tag never tells the whole story. Woo. Is this all right for Sunday morning? When you start buying the things of this world, the price tag may tell you it costs this much, but it does not tell the story of what it's going to cost to your grandkids. Just a, just, 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 just a little bit of compromise for you. Come on, somebody. I've heard it preached all my life that what this generation enjoys in moderation, the next generation will do in excess. And people wonder why we try to live separated from the world 
It's because I don't want my kids looking at the price tag and saying, well, it doesn't cost me too much, but it's going to cost my grandchildren. If the Lord withholds his coming, it'll cost my great-grandchildren. I know this is tough preaching. It might be tough listening because it's tough preaching. All, all we have to do, according to the scriptural precedent, is ignore it. And we've bought into it. I'm being honest. All you have to do is just ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. Can, can I just be brazen enough to tell you today that at some point, somebody is going to have to stand up for truth and make a declaration. We're not buying that. We're not. Well, how, how much does it cost, Pastor? I mean, really, you, you know, I, I'm interested to know how much it costs. Well, for some folks, it only costs whatever their cable costs them every month. Come on, somebody. For some, for some folks, it only costs them what their Netflix costs every month. Because they, they don't have the principle, they don't have the, the power within them to say, I'll set no evil thing before my eyes. You know, there was a time I looked at old men and the things they preached and I thought, man, can't he find something better to preach than to preach against sin all the time? Listen, the, 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 negul- the, the negligence to preach against sin is the acceptance of the spirit of the age. All we have to do is ignore it and act like it doesn't exist. And we have become a partaker, said Romans 1, a partaker of their evil deeds. Second Timothy, this is, this is so powerful to me. Because the, the world that we're facing right now, 2 Timothy 3, this is what you need to know. We should not be surprised. Some of us look around and we think, man... I never thought I'd see the day that they were, they were doing this with our children, doing that. Why are we surprised? It's in the Word. It's coming. It's here. And I'm afraid we've just seen the tip of the iceberg. But if we can't stand right now, what in the world are we going to do when the pressure comes? 2 Timothy 3. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, the Lord told you it was coming. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. What makes me happy? Covetous. Covetous. When I was a kid, I only thought you covet your neighbor's money. But when you read on covetousness in the scripture, it said don't covet his house, don't covet his wife. Woo! Boy, it's tied up in here right now. Boasters, proud. Proud. How much pride does it take to be proud? Blasphemers. Kids don't like this one. Disobedient to parents. Can you believe that disobedience to parents is right in the middle of blaspheming? Why, why, why is that in there? Because the apostle Paul knew that there was coming a day that authority would be a problem. 
Do you know why people are spitting in, in police officers' faces? You, do you know why people are cursing police officers and authorities and power? Do you know why they're doing that? Because their mom and dad let them spit in their face and cuss in their face. And so now we've come to an age when we don't like something, we say just defund it. Defund the teachers that are going to teach righteousness in a school when we want to teach our own theories. Do you understand that it's a divisive spirit that's working in the earth trying to turn you against me and me against you? You realize that? Do you know why the enemy wants us to hate people of other races? Because if we start hating people of other races, we'll shut our missions programs down and we'll stop preaching to people. But I also have no respect for somebody that'll buy a $1,500 plane ticket to go preach in Africa and won't walk across the street and tell their neighbor that they love them that's a different color. Well, so we got disobedient to parents. This, one's hurt. This, this one hurts right here, especially around Thanksgiving. Unthankful. Unthankful. You know, my daddy taught me some lessons when I was a boy. I didn't realize how valuable they were at the time. But every now and then, when supper's put on the table, it'd be all right for you to tell your mother, thank you for dinner. <laughs> I taught on this the other day in chapel two weeks ago, talking to our kids. And I'm not going to tell the whole story, but it, was, it wasn't funny that day, but it's funny now. When my mother had fixed vegetables that my sister did not like. And so the whole meal was not about being thankful for what we had. It was about those are gross, those are disgusting. And she made the mistake of looking at Sister Saint and saying, I am not eating those. I'm a first-hand witness. I was there. I was there. I, I remember what the vegetable medley was. I remember, I remember what it was. I can tell you right now. And my sister made the mistake of telling my, my mother, I'm not eating them. And my mother said, yes, you will. And you have never seen the battle of wills until it's two women going back and forth. No, I'm not. Yes, you will. No, I'm not. Yes, you will. And so, my sister, the end of the story, I won't tell you the whole middle of the story, but the end of the story is she ate it. Some of it she ate it after she chewed it up, spit it out on her plate, and then my mother said, you're still eating it. <laughs> Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, can't keep their word for nothing. False accusers, have you ever in all your life seen what we're living in right now? If you don't like somebody, just make something up on them. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Well, this one's tough right here. It preaches itself. Lovers of pleasures. More 
than lovers of God. And here comes the church age. Are you ready for the church age? Having a... Man, y'all are preaching so good right now. Do that one more time. Having a... They got a form of it. But they deny the power thereof. Oh, yes. I love it when pastor preaches about this. They got a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. This, this scripture was not about them. He was talking to Timothy. He was talking to the church. He said when you see people that have a form of godliness but they deny the power, that's not the focus. The focus is on you. From such, turn away. When you see people that have fallen in love with religion and they have no relationship with God, turn away from it. Don't accept that. Don't invite that in your home. Don't make that the religion for your children. Buy the truth. Verse 7, I'm going to hurry. Verse 7, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh God, it's a modern day picture of the apostasy. Smarter people than I've ever seen in my life by book knowledge. But you could take their common sense and put it in a thimble and it would rattle around like a BB. They got more degrees than a thermometer. Don't even hardly know how to tie their own shoes. It's a crazy world that we're living in. But I love how he picks this up in this scripture. Like if you just read it in a hurry, you'd never pick up on it. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the what? Resist the truth. They resist the truth. Now I'm going to mess with you right here. Does anybody in here recognize the name Janice and Jambres. Everybody doing okay? I know this is a little slow on Sunday. Anybody know who Janice and Jambres are? Well, the only way we know who they are in the New Testament is by Jewish historical account from the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, they are unnamed. They don't have a name. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, they are simply called Pharaoh's magicians. That's right. Janice and Jambres are the magicians that Pharaoh called forward when the Lord was telling Moses and Aaron to go tell him, let my people go. And when the Lord showed his power, it started with a, with a, a stick. He said, throw your rod down in front of him. And he throws the stick down and the stick turns to a snake. So he looks, Pharaoh looks to Janice and Jambres and says to them, Throw your stick down as well. And when they threw it down, guess what happened? It turned to a snake. The Lord told Aaron. Now, me and the Lord would have had a serious conversation about this. Because Aaron's stick turned to a snake and the Lord said, pick it back up. I'd have said, sorry, Lord. You're going to have to work on this one on your own. I ain't touching that sucker. It ain't happening. Woo! But understand me when I tell you there's a reason why these two names are mentioned in this scripture. Because they resist the truth and they are men of corrupt minds and reprobate concerning the faith. Somebody shout, by the truth. These two men were the counterfeit for the authentic power of God. 
that was working in a generation. And listen very closely to me. When God was trying to bring his children out of Egypt, there was a counterfeit that tried to do everything that God did. Why did that happen? So that the children of Israel would want to stay in Egypt. Think about what I'm preaching to you. Why does the Lord send a counterfeit, allow there to be a counterfeit? Well, because if Egypt has the same power as God has, then why would we leave? If the Egyptian uh, magicians, boy, that's a mouthful, the Egyptian magicians. If the Egyptian magicians can do the same thing that God's men can do, and especially the two voices that are trying to get us out of here. I love it. Think about it. It's the voice of the leadership of Moses and his brother that God's trying to use to say, you don't want to be in Egypt anymore. You don't want to stay in Egypt anymore. God said, get us out of here. But the counterfeit voice says, why would you want to leave when everything they can do? Why, why, why in the world would you want to serve God when everything that you want is in this present world? Just, just stay in Egypt. But the Lord said, don't you buy what they're selling he said, as a matter of fact, I, only w I don't just want you to get your family out and get your kids out. He said, I don't want you to leave any of your cattle in there. Why? Because those cattle would end up being their sacrifice in the wilderness. The Lord said, I don't even want you leaving your sacrifice behind. I don't want you buying what this world is selling. The man of God spoke and said, let my people go. Here's the image of the world. The image of the world will sell this to you with their counterfeit reality. You're not in bondage if you're in enjoying the life that you're living but I'm saying to you today he that the son has set free is free indeed Janice and Jambres they resist the truth they resist the truth their spirit are corrupt minds they are reprobate Concerning the faith. I'm quickly coming to a close. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Everybody doing all right? I know this is so different. Second Thessalonians 2. Now we beseech you brethren. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by our gathering together unto him. Aren't you glad you gathered today? He said that you be not soon. Shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Don't let me lose you right here. Okay, stay with me. Don't, don't be distracted. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come. Oh, this is scary. Except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Watch this now. Janice and Jambres, the same spirit, who opposeth and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God. Somebody shout counterfeit. Sits in the temple of God. Showing himself that he is God. You know what's scary about this? If you read this 
in context, he said it's going to happen in the house of God. Think about where he's sitting. He's going to sit in the temple. This represents the dwelling place of God. He's going to reveal himself sitting in a temple. Is it possible that what the apostle was seeing was a spirit of religion in the age that was going to be such a powerful counterfeit that it would supersede with lying wonders? The power of God in that what should be a holy sacred place in the house of God has become nothing but an antichrist place where that spirit is elevated. Where it becomes more about the lights and the show. Where it becomes more about the smoke machines, the fog machines, the coffee house, the fellowship, the donuts. Whatever happened to the presence of God. Oh God. He said, remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. This shakes me. I'm telling you, I've been, I, I, I've been shaking all morning. He said, don't, don't you forget that I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in this time. You know what's withholding him? You are. It's the power of a praying church. The Antichrist cannot be fully revealed in the earth while the righteous are doing the righteous. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, oh God, only he who will buy into it. I know I'm not spitting that to the fifth row, but I've come this morning with a word on my heart. Only him that buys into that will let until he be taken out of the way. Then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. Watch me now. I'm not walking out of context. With what? Power. Signs. Well, if he's doing signs and wonders, who, who, who would he be deceiving? The children of God. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. And here it comes, church. I don't know how else to preach this and to just lay it out. I'm going to read it to you. This, is, this chapter right here keeps your pastor on his face. I'm telling you. He said, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Watch me. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And if that was it, that, that would be strong enough for me. But let's go to the next verse. I, I've got to break this down slow for you. The scripture said because they did not love the truth, they didn't receive the love of the truth because of this, verse 11, because of this, for this cause. This is heavy. Everybody got your seatbelt on? God. Not a TV preacher. God shall send them strong delusion. God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. 
Go ahead, verse 12. And that they might be damned. This, is, this isn't pastor's rhetoric. This is a word. Who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Oh, uh, you, you Pentecostal preachers are just fear mongers. All I'm doing is reading the word to you right now. He said, if you don't love the truth, God will send you a delusion. What does that picture look like? It looks just like this. They can walk away from truth and keep on preaching what they call the truth. But when you talk to them, Brother Snow, they'll say things like this. I believe it as strong as I've ever believed it. No, you don't. You're preaching a different doctrine. Then, then why do they say they believe it? Because God told them to believe it. I, I'm, I'm preaching to you today. I'm telling you. The Holy Ghost is reaching for somebody in here today. Understand me. The Word of God is the only thing that's going to keep us from buying what this world is selling. And we're going to have to get a strong conviction that will stand in this hour and say, I would rather hold fast to the traditions of the Word of God that we have been taught by word or epistle than I would the traditions of this world and fall in love with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. Hear this preacher when I'm reaching for you today. Hear me today. This scares me to death. This revelation came to me. I've preached it several times through the years. I heard this said. Brother Stan Gleason said this, and I will never forget this. It's kept me on my face. Please listen very closely to this line that I'm about to tell you. He said this, and it, it changed my life forever. He said, the scary thing about revelation and delusion, are you with me? Revelation and delusion is how similar they feel. Because they both come from the same source. Buy the truth. And sell it not. If you're in a wrestling match with your faith today. And this world is telling you things that have brought conflicting thoughts in your mind. Does you, I promise you, I know this in the Holy Ghost today. There's people sitting in this room right now that have asked the question, God, are you even real? Is, is this whole thing real or is it made up? But the Spirit of the Lord sent me here to reaffirm to you one more time today. The greatest love story you've ever heard. And no, it's not when Harry met Santa. It's when divinity robed himself in flesh. Come on, somebody. 1 Timothy 3.16. It's when deity robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. And he laid his life down on a cross for you and I so that we could buy the truth and sell it. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. If anybody in here desires the truth of God, I'm asking you to stand to your feet right now and raise your hands towards heaven and say, God, I am not buying what the world is selling. Come on, young people. Come on, parents. Come on, grandparents. I'm not buying it. Not buying what this world's selling. I've loved this old way all my life, and I'm going to keep loving it till the day I die. 
I'm not going to let a love for this present world steal my love for the truth. I know this is a sober moment right now, but I'm just asking you, if you're here in this house today and have not committed your life to the Lord, you have not repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name, been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you feel that gentle nudge, that tugging in your spirit today, that's trying to take you deeper, don't be afraid to walk with God. If you feel that tug in your spirit that's saying, I have more for you and I love you today, you just reach out to the Lord right now and say, God, I may not understand everything about you, but I want to know you like I've never known you. Well, you, 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 you may be trying to figure all this out today. Quit worrying about what you don't know and just know this. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. Not because you were perfect, but because you needed a Savior. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is working and reaching throughout this congregation right now. If you desire to go deeper with Him today, just tell Him right now. Father, whatever you want for me to do, whatever you desire for me to do, reveal it to me and I'll walk with you, God. Hallelujah. This is not just about emotionalism this morning. This is about a hunger to please God and to love truth. Father, I prayed from the platform to the back door to the parking lot that you would speak to every man, woman, and child in this place. May the sincerity of your spirit reach down to our hearts today, God, and touch our minds. Lord, the enemy of our soul, our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion is roaming about, seeking whom he may devour, but we love truth today.